Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. As always, I'm super pumped that you're here. And today's episode is one I'm really excited about because this is something I've never done before on the podcast. Today, we're going to be doing a book review. Um, as you can kind of see behind me, if you're watching the video episode of this podcast on YouTube, uh, and if you're not, subscribe to Chris Gates Fitness on YouTube. I have a ton of books behind me. I've been using the last few Prime Days. You know how Amazon has those Prime Days uh, every so often? I've been using those Prime Days to basically do my own personal book hauls. I have these lists of books that I've been interested in reading for quite some time, uh, and I finally decided to dive in and start reading a bunch of books, and they tend to be related to health and fitness or personal development in some form or fashion. Uh, and I thought it might be fun to, after I complete each book, do a book review here on the podcast. So I hope you like this. Like I said, I've never done this before. And actually, what I would really love you to do while you're listening, if you can just pause this episode, go over to Instagram. On Instagram, I'm at Chris Gates Fitness. Shoot me a DM. Let me know you're listening to this and let me know if you like the idea of me doing book reviews on different health and fitness and personal development related topics. I would love to get your feedback. Uh, that would help me know if this is something that I should continue to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I would love to get your feedback. But today, the book that we are going to be reviewing is called Die With Zero, Getting All You Can From Your Money and Your Life. This is by Bill Perkins, and I absolutely loved this book. The book is essentially about you know living your life where you're maximizing uh, your experiences at every single stage of your life. And the book itself is kind of financially centered. So, you know, maybe not off the top of your head, would you look at this book and think, oh, this is a fitness book. Um, it's, I guess, technically not. Die with zero means die with zero dollars left in your bank account, essentially meaning spend all your money while you're on this earth. So it's definitely built in and focused on finances, but uh, there's a huge through line throughout this book, a huge theme throughout this book of your health and your wellness and your longevity because your health and wellness and longevity are going to allow you to maximize the experiences that you can have at every single phase of your life. And obviously, as we get older, we tend to see our health deteriorate, but there are things that you can do throughout your life to try and promote the best possible health. And by promoting the best possible health, you're going to allow yourself to be able to have more experiences and as this book says, hopefully be able to die with zero because you were able to spend all your money on doing the things that you value, that you want yourself to be able to experience and you want to experience with your family, your friends, your loved ones. So I'm excited to dive in. I learned a lot from this book. This book changed my perspective on some things. Honestly, as a parent, um, you know, over the last three or four years, I've started to think more about, uh, you know, my, leaving my legacy and my legacy getting left with my kids and the things that I want to be able to do with my kids at each 
you know, kind of stage of their life. Um, but I, you know, now I'm thinking about, well, how can I incorporate that with each stage of my life? And it's changed the way I feel about my training and my nutrition. And I feel like I'm viewing things with the lens more of overall health and longevity more than I ever had before. Whereas like in the past, when I was younger, not really thinking about my legacy, not really thinking about the long term and a family and all that stuff. I was more focused on aesthetics and attention. Uh, so it's pretty cool. I learned, like I said, a lot from this book and uh, I'm excited to dive into the details of it. So, uh, you know, real quick before we get into uh, the book review, and I have a lot to talk about, so this should be a fun episode. Um, I've mentioned this the past couple episodes of the podcast, but uh, you know, if this is your first episode, please make sure you subscribe so that you get every episode. These episodes go on every audio streaming service that there is, so like Apple, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Audible, wherever you could listen to a podcast, I'm there. I also do video updates, uh, video uploads of these podcasts to my YouTube channel, as I just mentioned. And the easiest way to know when I publish a new podcast episode is to get on my mailing list. My mailing list is always the first place I go to update you on the newest content that I've produced. And to be transparent, over the next probably six to 12 months, my plan is to do much more video content and focus more on the podcast as well. So there's going to be a lot of content going on my YouTube channel, uh, which will be a lot of fun. And I'm going to continue to be consistent with these podcast episodes uh, as well. Um, you know, I used to be more focused on writing articles, uh, which I really do enjoy. But I will tell you that now that we have three children at home, uh, the, the process of writing an article is time intensive. It takes a long time. It may think like, oh, it's a blog post. You just whip it up and hit publish. It takes a long time to do it right. And uh, I'm just finding that uh, I'm more able to invest quality time in producing video content. So I'm excited to do that. And I, like I said, I will be sharing it with my mailing list each and every time I publish a new video or a new piece of content, a new podcast episode. So make sure you're subscribed. And also like if you subscribe to my mailing list, I'm never gonna sell you. I'm actually, when you sign up, gonna send you three free resources that you can use immediately. One of them is a free 21 day strength training program. Another is my guide to sustainable dieting. And I also offer a free cookbook as well with some high protein, low calorie uh, recipes that you can cook up on the stove or on the grill. So. All really good stuff. You get that for free. No gimmicks. No, There's no catch here. Uh, so make sure you're on my mailing list. There's a link to that in the show notes of this episode. And with that, let's dive into this book, Die With Zero. I want to basically just take you through a lot of the thoughts that I had along the way while reading this book. I made tons of notes and highlights in it. And um, I'm just going to go cover to cover, share some of the things that stuck out to me. And I hope they resonate with you as well. All right, so this book is uh, kind of like what I just described. It's about what the author Bill Perkins describes as the secret to living your life uh, to the fullest at every single stage of your life. So in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, all throughout the course of your life for as long as you're able to live. And hopefully we all live really long lives. That's my goal. I've always had a personal goal to live to 100 and uh, I hope I can make that happen. But uh, the book is centered around finances, um, but there are a ton of themes about fitness and health throughout the book. Um, because, you know, think about it. If you want to have great experiences at every single stage of your life and be able to spend money on those experiences and fully enjoy them, you're going to have to have your health 
You're going to have to be active with these things that we normally talk about on the podcast, like fitness and nutrition, to be able to support a healthy body to to do those things. So this episode of the podcast is not going to be specifically about like a fitness or nutrition tip, which it often is. Um, I'm going to dive into some of the insights that I had from this book that really helped me confirm kind of what I already knew. And that's that this stuff, this stuff with fitness and nutrition, uh, it's really for life. It's not for quick progress or dramatic progress. Um, your focus should be doing the, the mostly the right things right now for an extended period of time, r- realistically forever, uh, to provide for health and longevity throughout your entire life. Like you, the reason you go into the gym and squat and press and row, the reason that you make sure you get enough protein in, that you get enough sleep, that you're drinking enough water, all these healthy lifestyle habits, it's not to like look good in the mirror tomorrow, or at least it shouldn't be. This should be about providing you with the opportunity to live a life, at least from a health and a physical standpoint, that is unrestricted. You don't have limitations put on you because you didn't take care of yourself. It's a powerful thing to think about. If you really, really dig into it and think about it, it's a powerful thing. Um, So like when we're thinking about those types of things that lead to a unrestricted life, no limitations put on you because you prioritized your health and fitness, that's not, for example, rapid fat loss. That's not trying to lose as much weight as you possibly can in 30 or 60 days or two weeks or whatever it ends up being that a lot of people do. Uh, It's not like even powerlifting or bodybuilding. And there are, don't get me wrong, certain aspects of those forms of lifting that can really lead to better health and longevity. But if you were to dive all the way into powerlifting and just focus on the squat bench and deadlift, that's probably not going to set you up for the best health and longevity. Because inherently, when you get more and more and more focused on doing one thing in particular, you're going to have tunnel vision and forget about all of those other things out there that need to complement what you're doing to get you that overall health and longevity that you want. Or bodybuilding, like going into the gym, pummeling your body with volume, uh, living like a robot, eating the same foods at the same times every single day, always having the routine, can't break out of the routine, and then like dieting down to really super unhealthy levels, getting to very, very low body fat to go on stage to have a judge tell you whether or not you are looking good enough and then like the body body dysmorphia that comes with that that doesn't <laughs> provide for better health or longevity either while i admit i love bodybuilding and i think there are lots of things about bodybuilding that do help you you know get some of that health and longevity uh, i actually think bodybuilding style training is some of what leads to the best health out- outcomes because you're not pounding your bones and ligaments and joints with too much weight uh, or weird motor patterns or movements. Um, You're really focused on building muscle. And when you build muscle, you kind of build, you know, a a strong, sturdy base that can help you move through life. It's just like when you take it to that next level, it gets pretty unhealthy. And again, you get that tunnel vision that kind of have causes you to stray from a lot of the things that lead to better better overall health and longevity. Um, Training for a sport doesn't do that either. It doesn't take you to better health and longevity. If you're trying to run a marathon, that's a great goal for you to have. And I don't want to discourage you from doing that. But 
you've probably heard the statistics, right? Like something about running a marathon is similar to like being in a car crash <laughs> in terms of the wear and tear it takes on your body. Um, it's not it's not the healthiest thing to do. And if you do that over and over and over again, while that does provide for great cardiovascular health, you probably are going to maintain a good body composition. You're doing a lot of damage to your body when done routinely and repeatedly. Again, doesn't necessarily uh, lead to better overall health and longevity. Um, and like chasing a dramatic body transformation, that's probably not going to do it either. And, and again, this is another one Well, I'll admit, like there are aspects of that that will provide for better health. Um, you know, if you're overweight and you need to lose a lot of weight to get down to a healthy body weight range, well, doing that is going to cause you to <laughs> do that. You're going to get to a better health status. Um, but in a lot of ways that, you know, is something that doesn't necessarily lead to the best overall health and longevity, depending on the way you do it. Because if you lose all that weight really quickly, you do it in an unsustainable way. You develop some bad habits. Those bad habits are things that you carry into your life moving forward. Maybe you're afraid to then go and eat more calories and get to maintenance. So you're always in a deficit, uh, or perhaps you fall into that yo-yo dieting cycle, which is obviously really unhealthy, um, from a mental, emotional, and physical standpoint, like that can be unhealthy as well. It's all going to be a good balance. And this book doesn't necessarily tell you how to do all those things, but I just wanted to map that out for you to help you understand that like when we're talking about better overall health and longevity, there are so many different things that come into play. And when you talk about wanting to maximize your overall experiences in your life, you need to have good health and wellness to be able to experience everything that you want to experience. And that's what this book is focused on and dying with zero and spending all your money while you do it. But uh, we'll get into some of that here uh, as we dive more into the details. So um, with that, you know, I want to transition into the first real main topic that stood out to me. And it's early on in the book. It's this concept that Bill Perkins talks about uh, of, quote, life energy and how you should be focused on your life energy. And I'll detail what that means and how you can focus on it and kind of conceptualize it. Um, but it was something that's really powerful for me. And since I read this about life energy, I've been looking at a lot of things in my life uh, a little bit differently and like a bit more specifically. So life energy basically is like, if you think about it on an hour to hour basis, how much of your time is being dedicated to the things that you love, the experiences that you can have, or maybe dedicating that time to things that take away from those experiences that you want to have. Um, and it was an interesting kind of example that was written in the book when you think about, okay, when we think about earning money, we often think most people are trying to like chase the highest salary and get the most lucrative career, or increase your income as much as you possibly can uh, uh, by all means, doing it in whatever way is necessary or possible. But that can often suck from your life energy, your available life energy. So for instance, you know, if you do that, you chase the higher salary, you get that more lucrative career, but it has you working more. So you have more time of your life energy dedicated to work. And sure, you may even enjoy work, but it takes time away from what you could be doing with your family or your friends or the hobbies that you have or the fun things you want to do. Is that a good use of your life energy? And you may decide that it is. I would say probably that it it isn't. Um, 
higher earners, people that earn more money typically on average, have less time to then enjoy all that money that he or she is earning. Um, and there's an example on page 11 of the book um, where Bill Perkins talks about like this idea of the $40,000 earner versus the $70,000 earner. And I'm going to read an excerpt from the book here. So he says, for example, a person making $40,000 per year might actually be making more per hour than someone earning $70,000 per year. How is that possible? Again, it's all about life energy. If the $70,000 job costs you more in terms of your life energy, the cost in time of a long commute to the city, the cost of the kinds of clothes you need for this high status job, and of course the extra hours you have to put into the job itself, then the person making the higher salary often comes out poorer in the end. This supposedly high earner also has less time to enjoy the money he or she is earning. And I like that resonated with me a lot. Uh, not because I've chased like some super high salary before. I actually never have done that. And I'll talk in a little bit here about how this book resonated with me just because like, I feel like I do a lot of the things and adopt a lot of the attitudes that are in this book. Um, but like prior to COVID, prior to the pandemic hitting, um, I, and long before even reading this book, I noticed that I was sitting in traffic for right around two hours a day, commuting to work and then from work. As you may or may not know, in addition to being an online fitness coach, I also have another job. Okay. I have another full-time job. So I had to, tr to travel into the city each day and the commute was awful. And I tallied that up two hours a day, five days a week across 52 days of the 52 weeks of the year. I think I found that I was sitting in my car in rush hour traffic for like 20 plus days of the year, every year. And when I, when I added all that up, tallied all that up, I just, I, I, like I, I was sick to my stomach to see I was spending so much of that time sitting in my car. And so now like with the pandemic coming, we never wanted there to be a pandemic, to be clear. It was a blessing in disguise though, because that transitioned my in-person job to remote. And now I am remote fully for that job. And I get all of that time back. It's actually helped me be a better coach with my clients outside of the hours of my full-time job. And it's allowed me to be there to pick up my kids from daycare, pick up my kids from daycare on time, have breakfast together, uh, just enjoy a lot more family time than we ever had, would have had before had that not changed. So like that's, an, that's a powerful thing to think about. And even like um, it's helped me, you know, have more time to exercise and, uh, you know, meal prep and do some of the things that support my health and wellness. So, you know, it's important to not only focus on the amount of money that you earn, um, but also how it will or will not impact your ability to enjoy your life. Like what gives and takes are involved. And as he says in the book, is each additional hour of work you do really worth it? Does your work serve to add to your legacy or deplete it? Um, and uh, like to be clear, we're, we're how long? We're 20 minutes into this podcast episode. 
I'm not at any point in this podcast going to tell you how to manage your money or your time. Um, I'm going to share things that I thought were powerful. And I think that's pretty powerful. And to me, it brings to mind what you want your legacy to be and and who you want your legacy to live with. I want mine, first and foremost, to be with my family and live with my kids long after I've left this planet Earth, right? Long after I've passed away. Um, I also think about my legacy with whoever I'm potentially able to impact with what I do as a personal trainer. Um, so the clients that I work with or the people that consume my content on social media or in podcasts like these, it's important to me. And so being able to dedicate time to family, as much time as I possibly can, and being able to dedicate time to what I'm doing right here, recording podcast episodes like this, putting out quality information that's actually going to help people uh, is important to me. And those are forms of my life energy that are enjoyable to me and they contribute positively to other people. And um, I don't know, like I think I probably always knew that in the back of my mind, but this book helped me really concretely figure that out. And now I can think about it more at the forefront of my mind as opposed to it sitting in the back of my mind and just being something that is there, this part of my belief system, but I'm not like actively thinking about it. So I think it's helpful to actively think about those types of things. And yeah, like I think I've always kind of lived this way. You know, if I look back on a lot of what I've done throughout my life, um, specifically when we're talking about finances or a career, I have actually quit more lucrative jobs simply because my life outside of that job sucked. Like right after I got out of college, I I graduated college in 2009, which was maybe the worst time in history <laughs> to graduate college, uh, you know, in terms of like the economic collapse and what we were dealing with at that time. Uh, and I ma- majored in newspaper journalism, a dying industry, but somehow I ended up getting an internship that turned into a full-time job. And six months into that full-time job, when I was sitting at a desk on Friday night and Saturday night until 2 a.m., because that's the newspaper industry, that's the journalism world, especially if you're in sports. I was in sports journalism. I realized this is not the life energy that I wanted to be spending. And again, I didn't know that concept. I didn't know that term. I just knew in my heart that like sitting here when I'm just out of college, all my friends are just out of college. The vast majority of my friends went back home to our hometown, got jobs, were starting their careers, having fun on the weekends, making more memories together. And I'm sitting in a newsroom like that's bullshit. That's not the way I want to live this phase of my life. So I quit that job quit that job, went back home, uh, and to be candid, had no other options. Uh, I worked at my mom's sewing store for like six months before I got another job, and then I packaged a bunch of part-time jobs together and made it work for a while to like have a full-time income by doing a lot of different things. And then I got an opportunity to get a relatively, at that time, lucrative opportunity at Oregon State University. So I moved out to the West Coast. 3,000 miles away from all of my family and friends. Um, and while I had the the money now to do things in my life that I wanted to do, I had nobody. I had no friends. I had no family. I didn't even know how to get started by making friends out there. Um, and I spent my weekends, I, I didn't have to work at 2 a.m., but I was still at home by myself because I had nobody to share life with. 
And I've shared this in a previous podcast episode about like some of the darkest moments of my fitness journey. If you haven't listened to that episode, uh, you, you can scroll back in the feed and, and listen to it. Um, but it led me down a pretty dark path and I was not, I started not taking care of myself and, uh, you know, drinking, uh, quite a bit. And, um, you know, I let my health and wellness go by the wayside. And so I started to once again, realize like this ain't it, this ain't it for your boy. Um, and so I just applied and applied and applied to every possible job I could find that was within like a four hour drive of home so that I could get back closer to the people that I love. Uh, and I did. And when I made that switch back home and I got back home to Pittsburgh, which is where I live, I sacrificed a lot of money. And I also had to pay to move all the way back to the East Coast, which thankfully I have wonderful parents that helped me throughout the entire process. Uh, but it was a big time losing situation uh, monetarily, okay? Uh, so it, uh, it's not something, it's really an attitude I've always adopted and it's worked out for me. Like I've, I've had some tough times. It's, it's presented some considerable, uh, challenges in terms of, <laughs> uh, staying, uh, you know, uh, above water, I suppose from a, a financial standpoint, but by doing those things, it allowed me to be with the people that I cared about. It allowed me to have great experiences with the people that I love. And that was a better use of quote life energy for me. So again, like that's something that really resonates and it's something I would encourage you to think about too. And, and I mean, pick up, pick up the book, read the book. I'm not saying this thing's the Bible. I'm not saying you got to do everything that's in this book. I'm just sharing things that stuck out to me that I think were really powerful and, uh, and, and hold a lot of weight. And I really think thinking about what you do in your life and where you're spending your life energy uh, is something that's, that's good to keep top of mind as much as you can. The book also focuses on this concept of like, there's two sides to it, saving your money so that you die with millions of dollars to give away to the people that you love in like an inheritance after you pass away uh, versus spending as much of it as you can while you're on this earth living with the people that you love and then you die with zero dollars in the bank account. And that's why the book is named Die With Zero. Uh, and it made me think quite a bit about how I've always viewed that type of topic. I always thought, you know, as a as a parent and, and now that we, you know, have kids and uh, that, that we are parents, I had always thought like, yeah, we're, we're going to try to accumulate accumulate. And then, you know, when, whenever we pass away decades down the road, uh, God willing, we'll leave our children a boatload of money. Like that would be great. But then like reading through a lot of the examples in this book, I started to think more about, well, what if we could use that money that we know we're going to give to the kids at some point, but like use it while they are alive and really have amazing experiences together instead. They would probably like that more, right? I know we would like that more. It appeals to me more. I've always valued experiences over anything else, over like things that you could have. We do this in our family all the time. Like instead of buying gifts, like physical gifts for each other, most of the time the gift will be some type of experience that we can have together. So the gift will be like, going away for a weekend vacation um, or, you know, any type, booking any type of trip or going out to dinner or taking the kids to somewhere that they can have a lot of fun. Like that's, that always has appealed to me more than, well, when I die, you'll get a million dollars and uh, hopefully you can have fun with it, but I'll be gone. Like that, 
what well, that doesn't make any sense but it that did make sense to me before i started to think more about it thanks to you know some of the things that i read in here um so with that being the case that also then has led me to think like okay how do i want to have the health and longevity to be able to have those amazing experiences with my family for decades and decades and use that money because it's one thing to say okay instead of using that money at the end of my life in an inheritance to my kids i want to use that money with them now and throughout their lives and throughout the rest of my life you cannot do that though or you will be incredibly potentially limited in what you can do with your kids and your family if you're not taking care of yourself. So that's where like all the squats and the deadlifts and the bicep curls and the cardio, the daily walks, again, like I said, the sleep, the the nutrition, the hydration, uh, that's where all that stuff comes into play. And it's not really, it used to be all about aesthetics for me, um, but it's not really about that anymore. Sure, it still is. Like, I like to look good. Why am I going through a mini cut right now as I'm recording this episode? It's because I want to, you know, maintain some type of physique that I'm proud of and feel good in, but it's also, and much more largely about like, how can I develop a resilient body that can help me live to be 90 or 100 or even older and actually live during those periods of my life? Not have to be the person who at like 70 needs help wiping their own ass and you have to move into a retirement home because you can't physically move around. Like, I don't want to be the type of person who has to sell my house at 65 because I can't go up and down stairs anymore. I don't want I don't want to be the person that has to install one of those, you know, old person conveyor belts to be able to go up and down the stairs. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to live and move and enjoy life for as long as I possibly can. Um, so that's where all of those things that we normally talk about here on the podcast come into play. You do those things to look good, to feel good now, but like you do them consistently forever, right? Doing most, doing the right things most of the time forever allows you to be able to essentially do the things you want to do for as long as you possibly can. And an interesting tidbit to go along with that is in the book, there was a really interesting stat on the topic of giving money and uh, experiencing while you're alive. Um, And it said most people on average receive an inheritance, receive inheritance money when they're in their 50s and 60s, which is crazy to me. If you really think about it, like your kids would most likely get your inheritance when they're in their 50s or 60s. And that tends to be like the start of the downward trend if it hasn't already happened in terms of their health, right? So we can model these behaviors for our kids to help them be healthier at that period of time too. uh, But also like, you're going to pass away, give money to your kids when they actually can't experience everything that they want to experience at the fullest. Uh, Because for most people, that's beyond the time in life when they're at their peak health and have their peak mobility and can do whatever they want and enjoy these experiences with the money that you shared with them. Uh, It's just interesting to think about. And, you know, admittedly, like this book talks a lot about people who are going to be in that financial situation where you have all this money to, to play around with at the end of your life. And, and, it, and admittedly, uh, what the book talks a lot about is that like that large lump sum of money that you accumulate um, takes a while to get there. But then, you know, because it takes a while to get there, you're not maybe as aware of the money that you have to be able to spend. And then it kind of just like 
snowballs from there and then you get to a point where you actually can't you can't spend the money as fast as you're earning it because you know you have money invested and your money earns money um and it's interesting because then you know part of the reason you can't spend it fast enough is because all those things that you want to do or that you could do, you're not in a health status to be able to continue to do them. So there's, like I said, there's so many through lines with health and fitness on this topic of finances. Uh, I think it's it's fascinating. And I am not a finance guy. My wife runs runs the numbers over here, okay? I do not. So uh, I think uh, she was probably tired of me talking her ear off about this topic as I was going through the book. I was like, oh, think about this. Have you thought about this? Think about this, that, the other thing. And, uh, you know, it's it, it spurred some really interesting conversations. And I think we both are on the same page with this stuff about wanting to enjoy the experiences with our kids. Uh, but that, that stat blew me away. Like, even if you did save all the money to give to your kids, they would get it potentially at a point in their life when they wouldn't be able to maximize their time with that money either. So it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about. So I've mentioned, you know, experiences a lot already in this episode. And in in the book, it talks a lot about, you know, thinking about how you value the worth of each experience that you could have uh, in your life. And, and one thing that Bill Perkins suggests is trying to create some type of point system for yourself. There's not like a point system that everybody can use because everybody values different experiences differently. Like you may really value the experience of going to concert festivals and spending money on that because you enjoy it so much. For me, going to a big festival, like I have friends that go to Coachella, that's one of the least interesting or appealing things that I could think of. But I love going on college football road trips. I love going on the road, seeing different parts of the country and seeing my team play a game in a stadium or a region that I've never been to before. And that may not appeal to you. So like you can't have just this whole point system that works for everybody, but developing a point system for yourself um, for the experiences in your life to help you figure out which ones you value the most. And so smaller experiences would get less points, things you love, bigger experiences, things you cannot live without would get the most points. Um, and the point of this is to understand that it's completely within your control to have the experiences that you you value and find ways to devote time at each age throughout life to try and maximize those experiences. And as you can imagine, that is really hinging on the fact that you are in good standing health. Uh, your health is going to be a major factor uh, in affording you the ability to have those experiences throughout your life. So you need to prioritize it. Uh, one example in the book was like buying a vacation home. It's a really stupid investment and a terrible waste of your money if you're not actually going to spend uh, a lot of time with your family and friends there. And so what that tied into in the book was like, let's go back to the high earner. The person that earns all this money can afford that vacation home where they say like, this is where I want to go with my family and friends. But then they keep working and working and working, continuing to chase the dollar in the higher prestigious occupation or level of uh, income to the point where they don't have any hours to actually even go there. So they just rent the house out. And like, how does that help? That's not an experience then. That's just this extra thing that you own. But if you can spend a lot of time there and have amazing experiences, then obviously it's going to be worth it. And, uh, you know, choosing not to get the house may actually take away from your life experiences. And then if you think about like how much money you may have down the line, maybe you have, you know, when you retire, you would have the money to get that house, but 
would it be better to get that vacation house earlier in your life so you can experience it with your kids while they're growing up and help them make memories and make memories of you? Uh, it's an interesting thing to, to think about. Uh, obviously, that's something that's like on the larger end of the experiences that you could have and the money that you could spend. Um, and, uh, you know, admittedly, a lot of people won't even have the opportunity to do that. I don't know that I'll have the opportunity to do that, but the concept... Um, it still remains true, I think. And I kind of just mentioned this, but there's also this concept in the book of not only thinking about what experiences you want to have for yourself, but the types of experiences that you want your kids to have. And again, this is something that really resonated with me as a parent. Um, what type of memories do you want to have with your kids and what type of memories and impressions do you want your kids to form of you as their parent? Um, there are so many things you can do with your kids when your health and fitness are intact, it opens up just about every door in life that you could potentially enjoy. It opens up all these different things that you could do with them. And kids, for the most part, are able-bodied. Like they can do whatever as long as, you know, I mean, you can't, I can't take my three, uh, three-year-old and one and a half-year-old newborn to certain places right now. <laughs> but like, you know, down the road, um, they'll be just about able to go anywhere, but can I go there with them? Like, can we do some physical activities together and, and experience that? Um, if you can, it opens up a lot of doors to be able to form those experiences and make memories with your family. And a memory that you have with your family, this gets brought up in the book, is something that it's almost impossible to put a price on it. Um, so like to go back to that house example, and, and let's not even talk about buying a house, but like the opportunity to have, uh, a week vacation, like at the lake, I love going to the lake with my family. Um, so let's say you have to rent a house and you have to rent a boat and you're going to obviously have to pay for food while you're there. There's a lot of expenses wrapped up in that experience. And, um, at the, at the time when you're thinking about booking it, it may be something that's really, you know, daunting, uh, for you to do. But if you do it and you have a week's worth of amazing experiences with your family, and then your kids talk about that for the rest of their life, and maybe it helps them form a bond with that place. And then they take their families to that same place when they get older. Like you can't put a price on that. Right. Um, and, uh, so, so, you know, sometimes taking the risk, diving in and doing that, uh, may be worth it for you. And again, like that you're only gonna be able to do that. If you can actually do that, do you have the mobility and the ability to be able to do those things? Um, you know, some people do, some people don't. And again, that's another one that had me thinking about it long after I read the book. And there's actually a, an excerpt in the book where researchers asked people of different ages about you know, what prevented them from taking a trip. So that example I just gave is a great one. You have a trip that you want to go on. Uh, you choose to go on it or you choose to not go on it. In this case, why didn't you go on that trip? People under the age of 60 were most constrained and decided not to because of time and money. And then people over the age of 75 were most constrained by health problems. So there's a small window in there, 60 to 75, where like people were able to take the trip, not have to worry about it, not have to think about it, just do it and have fun. At that age, your kids are, I don't know, 30 or 40 years old probably. So like you're way past that point in time where you could establish those memories with your family. Um, and, it, and it made me evaluate a lot of the areas that I think in my life where I'm giving, you know, my attention to my life energy to work with work and family and stuff like that. 
and draw some hard conclusions about, you know, like whether or not my values are 100% in alignment. And, and spoiler alert, uh, they're not always. I, I do tend to um, sometimes get lost in the work. I love what I do. I love doing these podcasts. I love creating content. I love working with my clients. I love building my coaching business. Uh, and sometimes because of that passion that I have, I probably get carried away and put too much time into it sometimes when I could be investing time in other areas, primarily with my family. So that's something I'm trying to keep top of mind more now um, and uh, just try to be be better than that, better at that. Um, I'd, I'd rather have less time constraints now, continue to earn a good living and prioritize my health so that me and my family can have amazing experiences together before health truly does become a factor. And I know I said like, I wanna live to 100, I wanna make health a non-factor for as long as I can, but it eventually is going to be a factor for everybody. And in a lot of cases, uh, we can't control that. There are certain things that come up for people that you just can't control. We all have family health history and genetics, but there are a lot of things that you can control. There are a lot of things that you can control by just factoring in some basic healthy habits into your regular routine which we've already talked a lot about with the training, with nutrition, the healthy lifestyle habits. Those things go a long way when done consistently to set you up for these amazing experiences that we've been talking about throughout this entire podcast. Your your decline in health is up to you. And, and there was something uh, on page 114 of this book that I, I want to read an excerpt from because it spoke directly to that. All right, so in the book, it says, to some extent, the rate of physical health decline is up to you. The better you maintain your health, the less steep your decline. For example, the lung function curve for non-smokers is a lot flatter than the curve for smokers. The better your health in a given year, the more you will be able to enjoy your experiences that year. So yes, you will decline, but you have a say in the shape of that decline. And that's a good thing because the better you're able to maintain your health during your lifetime, the higher your lifetime fulfillment score will be. But don't kid yourself. No matter how much you take care of your body, you will not be in better health at 65 than you were at 25, assuming you were in normal health as a 25-year-old. And then that section ends with, quote, so you'd better spend the money while you still have the health. And obviously, you know, throughout this episode, you could tell that's a big theme from this book. And I want to wrap up that thought with just one last excerpt from page 117. It says, for example, because $100,000 has more value in your 50s than it does in your 80s, and your goal is to maximize your enjoyment of your money and your life, it's in your best interest to shift at least some of that money from your 80s into your 50s. For the same reason, it's in your best interest to shift some of it to your 20s, 30s, and 40s as well. Again, because we obviously have better health in our 20s, 30s, and 40s than we probably will in our 50s and certainly than we will in our 80s. So it's all about like maximizing each one of those. Probably the best way to look at it is like each decade of your life, maximizing each decade of your life. Um, and again, the theme here, the way that you do that is by actually prioritizing your health. It's important to have the career, make the money, invest things the right way, save up. Um, but like you're doing all that, you have a job to provide for a happy life. You don't have a job to just have as much money as possible and then never do anything with it. Um, you have a job to provide for a happy life. And so there are other things you need to do 
to make that a happy life and give you the longevity to enjoy every single aspect of it. And it tends to be the things that we always talk about on this podcast with your health and fitness. So the book concludes, and this will be the last piece uh, of this review. The book concludes with, you know, acknowledging that there are some inherent risks you'll have to take if you want to maximize your health and your finances and your life experiences. I'm not the person to tell you the financial risks that you should take. Uh, that's certainly not my role and uh, not my level of expertise. Uh, but I would say, you know, just to, to wrap this all up, you know, if any of this resonates with you, if any of this sounds like, yeah, you know what, that's something that I should be focused on in terms of like life energy, putting into life the the experiences that you want to have uh, and, and being able to have all those experiences, you're going to have to, on a consistent basis, again, not for a short period of time, for a consistent time throughout the longevity of your life, you're going to have to be working on your your health and your wellness and your fitness. Um, again, it's not about like the body transformation photos you can put on Instagram. It's about can you move well? Can you squat without pain? Can you press without pain? Uh, can you build a little bit of strength to help you handle the daily tasks? Are you getting winded going upstairs uh, with the groceries? Are you able to pick your kids up off the floor? Like just being able to do some of these very basic things uh, and work on them and get better at them uh, by strength training, by managing your nutrition, having enough fruits and vegetables, enough fiber, enough protein, enough hydration, enough sleep, doing these things is going to allow you, it might not seem like it in the moment. It might seem like a very small, uh, mundane thing that's not gonna have this big, big impact, uh, but it, it absolutely does when you do it consistently over a long period of time. You know, I'm I'm in a, a round right now of my, uh, my online fitness training camp with people, and built into online fitness training camp are monthly challenges. It's a, it's a three-month challenge, and each month there's a specific challenge. We f- start with consistency because consistency is so important. Um, it's not even about like consistently doing things perfect, but it's about having these habits in your routine consistently. And if you do have those habits in your routine consistently, you're going to be putting yourself in a position to make a lot of progress because you can make a lot of progress with a terrible program if you stick to it. Uh, So consistency is number one. Then we go into a step count challenge where I want people to just move more on a daily basis and think about that daily activity consistently. Um, And then number three, we are right now, as I record this episode, we're focused on protein, eating more protein on a daily basis. And the reason that we do these things is because I want to help the participants in training camp understand that there are just some core basic fundamental principles that if you're able to make them in become part of your routine consistently, it doesn't have to overhaul your entire life. But if you're able to eat more protein, if you're able to just hit 10,000 steps a day, and if you're able to be consistent with your training program, you're going to make massive amounts of progress, but you're also going to set yourself up for the health and longevity that allows you to experience whatever you want to experience. And, and it allows you to you know live through a lot of those experiences without limitations. I think it's really powerful. And um, it's it, it should be how we view this type of stuff with fitness and nutrition. Uh, it should be about the, lo- the, the health and longevity that you're able to set yourself up with. Um, and then my hope is that when training camp ends, we focused on the consistency of doing these things, all participants hopefully will be able to continue to incorporate those things into their daily routine uh, and weekly routine and monthly routine and yearly routine to just live happier and healthier and and without limitations. So um, 
if there's anything I can leave you with, it's that. It's just to like not get super intimidated by all the things you have to do because if you could just do the right things most of the time, you're going to be setting yourself up for a lot of good stuff. And uh, like I said, this this book was really, really interesting to me. Um, I got a lot out of it. Again, I'm not a finance guy. Uh, so a lot of the information in there about finances was interesting to me. There's a reason I didn't bring up a lot of the finance information here because uh, I shouldn't be talking about that. I shouldn't be publishing <laughs> anything about finances uh, on the internet. But the theme and the through line of health and fitness throughout each and every aspect of finance that Bill Perkins wrote about in this book uh, kind of blew me away and it opened my eyes to like how it all comes together. And and again, you know, with being a parent and uh, thinking about like leaving a legacy and, and you know, having experiences with my family um, throughout the years and throughout the different ages that my, my kids hit, uh, that's really important. And so I feel like now we're starting to kind of put timelines together and, and talk about some of like our life energy and where we want to put it and what we want to make sure that we're able to do. Uh, and hopefully those things will, will come to fruition over, over the years. But, uh, yeah, highly recommend the book. If, if, if stuff in here in this podcast episode, something uh, that resonates with you highly would recommend reading it. This is not a sponsored episode, by the way. Uh, I just enjoyed the book and wanted to share it with you. Um, and, uh, you know, pick it up if, uh, if you find, uh, the, the chatter in this podcast episode interesting, but thank you so much for listening again. Like I said, at the beginning of the episode, if you found this interesting, if you liked me doing a book review, go to my Instagram DM me right now and let me know what you thought. Let me know what you thought of this episode and let me know if you would like me to do more. Uh, I can actually show you if you're watching the video episode, the book I'm now reading is this book right here. It's called Built to Move by Kelly and Juliet Sturette. Uh, it's about 10 essential habits to help you move freely and live fully. So, you know, on this topic that we're talking about here about like health longevity, being able to be capable to have the experiences you want. This book I'm reading right now kind of is great to piggyback off the discussion we had in this podcast episode. So uh, if uh, th that's the book I'm reading now, and, and I, I would love to do a book review on uh, podcast episode on that book. Um, so that will hopefully be coming uh, you know, in the near future, uh, whenever I'm able to finish the book right now, there's not a lot of time to read cause my kids just run all day, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, shoot me a message at Chris Gates fitness on Instagram. Let me know what you thought. Thank you so much for listening again. Make sure you're on my mailing list. Uh, if you're not already, and uh, I look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Talk to you soon.